Hey everyone, it's Adam Himmelsbach with the Boston Globe. I'm here with Gary Washburn, our national NBA columnist. And it's another late night, Gary. We got we gotta keep this one short. It's twelve twenty-five. These eight o'clock ESPN games turn into late nights. The problem is the uh, the North Station garage, they close at one AM, right? One AM, so we gotta get out of here in thirty five minutes or our cars will be locked in and we'll be Ubering home. Yeah, that's not that's no good. And then we get that expense like a, you probably get charged an extra day of parking and then you gotta expense that and it could get ugly. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure we make it out of here in time. Um, so yeah, we just saw another another crazy game. It seems like it's been a season of crazy games for the Celtics this year. And this one with kind of playoff scenarios on the line, but the problem was no one knew exactly what was on the line. Like, there were so many permutations and different variables with four teams heading into the final day of the regular season within a game of each other. And that just caused these dizzying headaches. The NBA sending out different uh, scenarios that you try to, like, wrap your mind around, and then the next game everything would change, and you have to, like, readjust. Um, But Brad Stevens said, look... I'm not worried about that. I don't want to see it. I just want our team to start playing well again because they played poorly in Atlanta. They played poorly at home against Charlotte. And then you come here tonight, and they played terribly in the first half uh, against the Miami Heat. They were down by 26 points, and you figured this thing's over. Um, who are they going to play in the playoffs? And, and then something happened, and they made the biggest comeback in the NBA all season, coming from 26 down to win 98-88. to 88. First of all, before we talk about the playoff implications – how did it happen, and how big is it for them to to have a half like that to kind of get their mojo back? Actually, it just it was a strange, like you said, a bizarre game. Miami hit everything in the first half. I mean, Joe Johnson looked like Atlanta Hawks Joe from 10 yeah. years ago. He was hitting fadeaways. Justice Winslow hit a three in the contested three in the corner. I mean, it just looked like a complete. They looked like a playoff juggernaut that first half. Like, wow, this is the team that everybody wants to see face Cleveland and maybe can challenge Cleveland. Second half, the Celtics got their mojo back somehow. Maybe it was the Legends tribute at halftime. I mean, come on, man, it wasn't the tribute. The tri- the 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 tribute was taking place, and they were in the locker room, like saying, "We're embarrassing ourselves." No, I'm not saying that, like, you know, it was it was because of it. I mean, when you're playing in front of those guys, you're down 24. That's, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, no. it was just like, it's no way you should lose on Legends Night. I mean, those guys all come back to watch Celtic Pride, and all of a sudden those guys are getting hammered, the crowd's booing. I just think they stepped up their defensive intensity. Miami eventually was going to start missing shots. I mean, it's just how the NBA evens out. They did. But who knows, a five-point third quarter, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. The lowest third quarter in Miami Heat history. We've seen, in the last three nights, a 31-3 to run, which is unheard of in the NBA, and a five-point third quarter by the opponent. I mean, what a strange week. But um, I just think they got their little swagger back in mojo. It was good to see, if you're a Celtics fan, that this team can play like that. Unfortunately, it forced a matchup with the Atlanta Hawks. And as, as we saw the last 10 minutes, we didn't know who, who, what they were playing for. Charlotte was winning. Atlanta plays Washington without four starters and they're about to fire their coach. They lose to Washington. So, I mean, crazy. Just crazy. Yeah, before, before we get to we'll jump into that playoffs talk again, and we'll talk a lot about that, is the, uh, as that game's going, so like you mentioned, they're men- they honoring the 66, 76, and 86 NBA title teams. There are 22 guys from those teams there. We, you and I were at the Liberty Hotel on Tuesday night. They had a really cool dinner and event for them there. Uh, it was cool to see these guys. Well, they all look like great, by the way. Like I hope I like age like a lot of these guys have. Um, and then today, tonight they were at the game. 
So, you know, there's John Havlicek, there's Bill Russell. Like, we're talking about legends. Like, there's Bill Walton, there's Kevin McHale. Like, it was a, a real row of dudes coming out. And uh, despite the Celtics just getting throttled in the first half and leaving to some boos, there were some boos when they went to the locker room. That kind of, like, uplifted the crowd again. They got, you know, the standing ovations for these guys that kind of reminded them of these teams past. But it was interesting talking to the Celtics afterwards about their locker room was like, as is going on, Brad Stevens was typically calm, but he said, basically, like, who are you, who do you guys want to be? You know, you need to decide right now. And some of the players told us, like, yeah, we were, we were embarrassed. We were embarrassed, like you mentioned, Gary. We were embarrassed to have that first set performance in front of Bill Russell. Like, you know, it's not very often Bill Russell's at a Celtics game anymore. And that was an embarrassing first half for the Celtics. Then they obviously came out and, and had this this absurd run where a lot of it, was their defense just going to a new level. Some of it was the heat, like you said, the shots they were making all of a sudden were nowhere close. Like, Joe Johnson couldn't miss in the first half. Second half, he couldn't even hit the rim. Like, it was like this, like, just stunning reversal, really. Yeah, I mean, I think my – but, you know, watching and following Miami a little bit, like, that's kind of been their pattern all year. Is like they play, like, two different teams. The team that, you know, looks like they can challenge Cleveland – and they get Joe Johnson, and Joe looks like, you know, in time, primetime Joe. Then all of a sudden, they look old, they look weathered, they look uninterested. You've got Josh McRoberts is playing point forward, trying to, like, run the offense. Dragic looks confused and unable to run, play point guard. So, you know, it would have been a nice matchup for the Celtics, I, you know, even if they would have dropped to the sixth seed, and we'll get into all that later, you know, in a, in a moment. But... It was just one of those crazy games. And it was good to see them win in front of the legends. Isaiah Thomas shake hands with Bill Russell. You know, hey, how are you doing? Like, show the respect. And and obviously hilarious, like, moment of Walton sitting next to, you know, wearing his commemorative jersey and everybody else holding it up. Yeah, and then great. sitting next to Mikhail. And, you know, the stories I'm sure those guys have. And not to be remiss, the, this, the garden was loud tonight, right? It was loud. I, I think, I mean, it's tough to measure these things, but the loudest, if not, like, one of the two or three loudest moments, of course, is when Bill Belichick was shown on the screen. And he Bill Belichick and starts clapping. And Bill Belichick was sitting uh, behind one of the hoops in the front row, and they showed him in the second half, I guess, and... and or maybe at halftime, whatever it was, but, and, and the crowd just went like bananas, like going crazy for Bill Belichick. And he was just, I have to say, he was crushing some popcorn. But anyway, let's get to this playoff situation. Let's get to this playoff he wasn't situation. about the release of Dominique Easley, obviously. Yeah. He was, he's gotten over that, obviously. Now you're dropping Patriots, guys. I don't even know what's going on. Ben Volan has a good story about that, actually. You guys should have got BostonGlobe.com. We're cross promoting right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of new globe uh, uh, podcasts coming out. By the way, we've got a baseball podcast coming. I think there's going to be an NFL one coming. Like we've really set the pace. I got to tell you, Gary. Yeah, we're like the Lewis and Clark here, man. We're like the Trailblazers of this whole thing. So yeah. Speaking of the Trailblazers, just kidding. That was a bad segue. But anyway, so this game's going on, and obviously uh, the Hawks game and the Hornets game played a big role in it. But it's 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 all real time stuff. So there was really no way. And like like we saw a thirty point lead or 26-point lead can evaporate pretty quickly. Um, so there's no really way for the Celtics in real time to like be tracking it and be like, all right, let's do this, let's do that. And that's not really in Brad's DNA anyway. But this was such a bizarre situation in that they came back from a 26-point deficit, uh, the largest deficit in the NBA this season, had this stirring win, and in a sense, it hurt them. If they had lost this game, 
they would be facing they would be the sixth seed and they'd be facing the Heat in the first round of the playoffs. They're three and zero now against the Heat this year. Well, of course, if they lost, they would have been two and one. So, um, and they're one and three, I think it is, against the Hawks, and they just lost pretty badly to them on on Saturday. And then if you look one step forward, which I'm sure Brad Stevens will not, uh, the Cavs are going to be waiting if you do make it past the Atlanta. Whereas I think obviously they'd rather play the Raptors in the next round if that could have been an option. So what a what a strange thing. I mean, Isaiah Thomas told us, he said jokingly, he said to Danny Ainge, like, man, you guys should have told us, man. Like, you know, you should have pulled us out. And then Jay Crowder said, like, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. He's like, if I had done that, we should have taken, taken the L, I think he said. And then some of the reporters kind of laughed like oh yeah you're gonna take that he goes no i'm serious like maybe we should have taken the l <laughs> yeah it, it was one of those things i i kind of tweeted it out uh the the movie victory uh early 80s movie about it's kind of shade it's kind of a blur way to way to really be timely by the way with the early 80s movie yeah, appreciate yeah, that I, you know google it folks it's victory with sylvester stallone and basically like this American-laden team is playing against in this rival country, this soccer game, where if they lose and kind of embarrass their country, they can be freed. But uh, they end up, you know, but pride sets in and they end up winning the game and how they, like, they, they remain imprisoned. It was kind of one of those things where, you know, it was like they had to get the they had to get their swagger back. And for them to even lose this game by five, it would have been demoralizing to go into the playoffs, I think, with three straight losses to the three teams that they had to face. Um, that terrible first half, that would have been the focus. Well, we couldn't come back, and we, we still lost the game. So I think they had to win this game. See, I disagree. I think, I think the best scenario for them would have been, after that first half, is to make that run that they did, come back, like, you know, have people going wild, show they can do it run out of gas, and then kind of just lose it at the end. Like, you know, but hey, we showed we can do it. And oh, by the way, we're playing the Heat and not the Hawks. And oh, by the way, if we could pass them, we've got the Raptors. Yeah, I think by the time the playoffs start, that would have been like that. This game would have been forgotten. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see your point. Um, but I just think this is a team, as I wrote, that Isaiah has no playoff wins. These guys are not playoff experienced. And... To go into the – this is not the old big three that used to just stumble in the playoffs and a stupor, lose, you know, five of their last seven. Then that three-day break, they just kind of become super dudes and Pierce Garnett and then make a run, and you never even thought about it. I think this team need, needed that confidence. They needed a big victory. They needed a big home victory. They played poor, horribly Monday against Charlotte. They kind of played okay against Milwaukee, but they, you know, it still was kind of shaky. So I just think they needed this momentum. Now, whether they get slapped around by Atlanta, who knows. Yeah. But um, I think now, given that their first two and a half quarters against Atlanta last week, they led by 12, five minutes left, and they just kind of gave up. And they got, not gave up, they got tired. And Millsap hit five threes, who he hadn't done that in 200 games. So let's see what happens. But. I think it's a decent matchup for him. Better than most people do. Well, you could say a decent matchup, but I think of the three, it's, it was yes, it's the, the one, one the one you wouldn't have won. The last, yes. I but mean, but again, like Brad said, hey, I think his uh, his quote. I could look it up here because I tweeted it out. But it was along the lines of like, hey, we wanted we wanted a chance. We worked for the chance. Now, like, here we are. Let's see what we can do. I actually, have it up right here. He said, he said, what more? What more could you ask for than a chance? 
play here, play there, play anywhere. Let's go compete. And I think that's kind of the, the attitude that Zucks would take. So what do they have to do to what do they have to do to beat the Hawks? I mean, what you know, they were one and three against them this year. We they just played them on Saturday, like you said. What can you take maybe from that those two and a half quarters? You were down in Atlanta for that game. What what kind of worked well for them during that those two quarters that maybe they can uh, learn from or, or kind of carry over? Adam, they played the type of swarming defense they did in the second half of the night. That first two and a half quarters, they got steals. They made they put Atlanta on it, on its heels. Um, they were able to just kind of control the tempo. But then it's like they then Millsap, you know, just went nuts. He he bangs in a three point from the top of the key. Like it, they just couldn't respond. Millsap was a beast. Thirty one, thirteen, I believe. Or no, sorry, thirty one, sixteen, and five blocks. And then T got going. But the guy that they need, to me, they have to control, who's actually just killed him this year, is Dennis Schroeder, uh, their backup point guard, who was apparently horrible from the field and all of a sudden hit like 6 of 11 shots. Um, they've got to control him. They've done a good job against Korver, uh, not letting him get loose. But I think they've got to defend the two point guards, Teague and Schroeder. They've got to, hey, let... Let Millsap get his, but you can't let Millsap and Al Horford go go crazy either. So I just think the defense is the key to the series. And, and Ken Bazemore was the guy. He missed, I think it was the, the third game of this series, second or third. He he sat out, and he came on Saturday at 21 points. It's like kind of a, a wild card. I mean, they, they have some – Brad pointed out, he's like, a year ago, this team won 60 games, had four All-Stars, and guess what? It's pretty much the, the same, same team. team. They, hit, they hit a – but they've been playing really well recently. Yeah, Bazemore is kind of their, you know, he's kind of their Jay Crowder in a sense. That guy who plays tough, makes tough defensive plays, can hit the occasional three, but he's a very good athlete. I mean, he's a free agent this summer. He's going to get some money. Um, and that game, he was questionable for Saturday, then came out and scored like three quick buckets, 14 in the first half. You know, so he was a, he was a difference maker in that game. Uh, so they just... Like what Isaiah said, Atlanta's like the Spurs in the sense that they got like six different guys who can go off on you, and that's their strength. The Celtics have to defend. Marcus Smart hit four or six three-pointers in that game. That was a game he seemed to get a shooting back. that hasn't quite carried over, but, I mean, to have him play well would obviously be huge. All right, I'm going to go you know briefly here and, and not – not get too into depth on each any series, but like a quick rundown on each series, how you think it might be might shape up, and we're gonna project as we record this. The Warriors have not finished off the Grizzlies, but they're up by like sixteen, so we're gonna project them as winners. Um, if we like jinx them and cost them, they're like seventy third win and playoff seedings. We'll we'll take responsibility on our next um, podcast. But so in the East, the number one seed will be the Cleveland Cavaliers, despite all the turmoil and, and and problems they've had this year they there they are um and they will face the pistons young young kind of up and coming team who really had a kind of a strong season this year the whole the whole eastern conference was better this year i mean last year you had obviously two losing teams even making the playoffs and now there's none of that how do you how do you see that one shaping up i think it's a bad matchup for detroit i if i'm detroit just kind of like the celtics in a sense I would have definitely wanted to play Toronto. I think that would have been a really, really physical, entertaining series. Um, Detroit's a good team, but I just think them maybe asking them to beat Cleveland, obviously, way too much. I think they take one game in that series, maybe game three in Detroit. But I think LeBron and the boys uh, prevail. I I don't think that will be much of a series. 
Then we got one that's a little more interesting, I think, is Raptors Pacers. You know, it's a Raptors team that flamed out against the Wizards last year, a Pacers team that has some experience. They've got a superstar in Paul George. They're playing pretty well, too. You know, could they steal a couple of games or even keep that series close? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'll say 4 2 Toronto. I think Toronto prevailed. Um, Toronto matches up well with, with, with Detroit because they have that size. I mean, Mahimi's a big guy, but so is uh, Vasilunas and, uh, they match up pretty well, their backcourt. So I, I give Toronto the advantage. I think, But Indiana will, will, will compete. And it's just so crazy that four teams finished 48 and 34 to me. I mean, that, that, I bet that's never happened in the history of four teams in the same conference with the exact same record. But I, I don't know. But anyway, so the other, besides the Celtics and the Hawks, will be the Hornets and the Heat. I think a lot of Celtics fans, despite um, Monday's result, were kind of hoping they would end up playing the Hornets again, um, but obviously they're not. So how do you see the Heat and the Hornets game? And, and does this, like what we're talking a lot about the Celtics kind of needing this, could this be deflating for the Heat at all, or do they just kind of wash this away that second half and, and kind of start fresh? I think it makes them a tad bit insecure because this is a team that's been trying to get its confidence and consistency, and they win at Detroit last night. They come in and play a great first half, and, I, and, and the biggest criticism of this team is they get – old they get passive um they don't know what to do they they just kind of turn into like mush and that was exactly the case i think against the hornets they have a trouble they have trouble winning in charlotte i think that could go that series could go seven i don't particularly think they want to see charlotte they beat atlanta i want to say three times this year miami did um they, i know they wanted to probably want to see the celtics but they probably didn't want to see charlotte either yeah, that, it was interesting watching this game in that first half, like you said. I mean, there, Joe Johnson's, what, 34 maybe? Dwayne Wade is 33 and another age. But they they looked fresh, and they're hitting all these shots. Then I started to think, like, you know, these guys are playing the second and the back-to-back. These guys are old, you know. Um, how are they going to keep up? And is, are you going to see some wear and tear? I, I didn't think it would be, like, losing a 26-point lead difference, yeah. but... They they clearly were gassed, and they they in addition to the things the Celtics are doing, them you could tell they were tired. Let's switch over to the Western Conference again. We're gonna like half project these. How about the Rockets, by the way, sneaking in, sneaking in, thanks in part to the Kings uh, yeah, tossing their, some dudes on the bench. Yeah, putting you know putting the B team. That, that's a sad point. And I think the commissioner's got to address that. You, you can't just rest guys. You're not going to the play. What are you yeah, that's doing? the best part is what are they resting for? You know, they rested Rondo like most of the last 10 games in Cousins. What do you, unless you're trying to tank, and at least Philadelphia was just putting substandard talent out there. They weren't really like resting their big their star players. This was honest to goodness tanking because I think they had some kind of protected pick they didn't they wanted to keep or whatever. But sad for Utah. I think they're... Honestly, a better team than Houston, but they just played poorly at the wrong time. And so the good news for uh, anyone who thinks the Rockets don't deserve to be in playoffs, they play the Warriors. So that shouldn't last very long, right? No, I don't think so, unless something go- gets into Houston. But I think they, they've pushed their luck. They've gotten into the playoffs. They're going to get pounded. Um, I think there's still some, some real s- sour feelings from that matchup last year. I think the Warriors want to show that they're one of the great teams of all time. I don't see them having much trouble with Houston. And then we're projecting this the Grizzly team that's just been so banged up all season long. It's too bad because they have such a great – I mean, I, I just like their team. I like Dave Yeager. I like their squad. But they'll be playing uh, the Spurs. What do you think about that series? Um, I just – yeah, I just don't see them competing. The Spurs, I think, are going to kind of break them down. 
you know, Memphis, it's unfortunate. No Mike Conley, no Marcus Gasol. I mean, they're just throwing D-League, some D-League guys out there, guys you've never heard of, the who he played for version uh, of the NBA. And they're running out of gas. So I just don't see them competing with the Spurs. Then you got David Lee and the David Lee and the Mavericks <laughs> coming up against uh, future Celtic Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, yeah, that's a joke. Uh, I'm speaking for Adam. That's a joke. Uh, yeah, I just I, I think Dallas is a, is a Dallas is a solid team, but I think Oklahoma City's not playing. They they know that if they get knocked out early, especially early. Durant's probably see you later, bye bye. I I think the rest of this team knows they got to do something, and they got to just they 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 want to get ready for that matchup with the Spurs. I think they ain't gonna mess around with Dallas. That was interesting when Kendrick Perkins came last week with the Pelicans, and people were asking him about Durant, kind of fiending for any nugget that might lead him here, and he didn't give any, of course. Um, but someone asked, like, is it time for him to move on? He kind of said, if they win the championship this year, which will be a big, big challenge, obviously, because if they win the championship, he's got to stay there. If they don't, maybe it's time for him to move on. It sounds like you kind of echo that. Then our last series, um, kind of two surprising teams, the the Clippers and the Blazers. Some people thought the Clippers might have a better, little bit better of a year than this. Obviously, they dealt with Blake Griffin's um, injury and suspension and all that stuff. Uh, but they're going to play the Blazers, a team that very few people had in the playoffs, much less as a five-seed. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting series. I think Portland's going to play really hard. It's a tough, one of the tougher places. I mean, you were up there a couple weeks ago. The fans get crazy. It's the only pro sports team in town. It's going to be a tough series for the Clippers. I mean, and then then if they get past the Blazers, they get the Warriors. So, I mean, things aren't going to go, go, I mean, they could break that team up after this season, uh, Doc and the guys. Uh, if it doesn't work out. And that's a tough road. They um, they much rather played Memphis, but it didn't work out that way. And Celtics fans, if you're home, kind of like sort of upset that how things worked out, you feel like, hey, when you come back from 26 down, you should end up with like a better situation than this. There is some good news from tonight. After all this time, Nets pick is official. Uh, the Nets finish behind the Phoenix Suns. So that will be the third most lottery uh, or third best lottery odds in the draft lottery, uh, which is pretty good news if you're a Celtics fan. That was really the only – the Suns were the only team that could have kind of slipped ahead of the Nets or behind the Nets, however you might phrase it. So those ping-pong balls are coming, Gary. Yeah, uh, the third – so start looking at the draft, folks, and, you know, maybe list uh, three or four guys, or uh, five guys maybe. I don't think the Celtics will slip that far in the lottery. I don't think it's possible. Uh, so, you know, it could be a, a very, very good night in June. All right, guys. So that's gonna wrap. We got we got 12 minutes left to run into our cars. Gary, do you think um, do you think Bill Belichick gets to come back in the family room like at halftime if he wants? I think so. I think there's maybe something a little vino for him and and more popcorn because he we know he loves popcorn. So yeah, he likes it here. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And again, make sure you go to bostonglobe.com, uh, read the stories, listen to the podcasts, SoundCloud, On the Parquet, and subscribe on iTunes, On the Parquet. And give us, like, a rating, actually. We had a few ratings on there. We have to, We need a couple of five stars. I forgot. I've been meaning to say that. Give us some five-star ratings. and we'll Hook us up, folks. Yeah, exactly.